Hello, and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hey, you guys, and welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Welcome. Woo! Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, everyone's had a good week. Yes, me too. Um, I don't have anything interesting to report because, to me, all the days are blending together now. So, there's that. Basically, yeah. I mean, I asked you before recording, how was your weekend? And it's a Wednesday. So I was like, I don't know. Clearly, I don't know what day it is. Although I do know we have a holiday tomorrow and we don't work on Friday. So this is like our, our Friday right now. What's your holiday? Um, I think it's actually a religious one. I think it's like Ascension Day. So when Christ oh. went up to heaven before he went to North America to chill with everyone there. <laughs> Before he decided to fly on over and hang out with the Native Americans. Exactly. <laughs> Lucky. That's, I mean, yeah, you can't really do anything on your holiday, but that's. Yeah, true. exactly. There's not much we can do and everything will be closed in Berlin. So at least you don't have to work. There's that. Yeah, that's true. But then it's like, you know, we have tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's like, what do we do with our days in lockdown? It's like I have to schedule in breakfast run yeah go to the store (laughs) I have a question mark on my calendar do something outside that's all yeah yeah I have like a chore list for myself on my fridge now so that I remember what day it is (laughs) (laughs) it's like I'm eight years old again um Anyway, opening announcements. We have some exciting new patrons. Yay! So exciting. I know. It was like blowing up this uh, past week and weekend with new ones, and I was getting so excited. So thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Because we've been really really trying to put more content on there, and we're going to continue to do that. So um, if you want to join us, it's patreon.com slash notsomollymormon. You have to type in the full thing because we're technically adult content. It's annoying, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> I love um, for adult content. I know. it's. Don't worry. We're not naked on there or anything. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> <laughs> if it will bring more patrons and more money, we're willing to do it. So. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Um, okay, so our new patrons this week are, the first one is Sarah. We like that oh, name. I love your name. Yeah, this is Sarah with an H. So. Oh, I take it back. I don't like your name. Oh, okay. yes. I do, I do. You love it because she's a patron. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, we also have Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Thank Nicole. You. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. Stacy. Hello, Stacy. Thanks for being here. And Jen. So thank you so much to the new patrons. And I have a pronunciation correction from last week. Remember, we were stumbling over someone's name and I pronounced it (laughs) really horribly. The correct correct Irish pronunciation is grania. So there we go. Grania. We were way off. Way off. Saying grain, me, my stupid American accent, grain. <laughs> Make America great again. No. <laughs> no. So gross. Um, yeah, so we, we corrected that. Yay. Yep, and um, that's all of the announcements I have, Sarah. 
Yeah, I think that's it. And then other than we do plan on recording more content for Patreon. So be on the lookout for that. If you are a Patreon, um, we will be recording another episode sometime soon and posting it there. Who knows? Maybe you'll get a lucky uh, journal entry <laughs> from <laughs> me. I did find one the other day. We were cleaning the apartment, and I had to show my boyfriend this this one list that I had of pros and cons of leaving the church. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Yeah, but the first item on the con side was not finding a worthy man or some shit like that. I don't remember exactly, oh, no. but it's real embarrassing. So oh. I'm just so glad that, it, yeah, ugh, gross. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, you know, maybe we'll have another journal entry because those are always good. Those yeah. are great. They're um, Yeah, and other than that, we do have a really special announcement for this episode. We have a special guest who we've kept under wraps this whole time, didn't say anything, didn't hint to it, but it's a very special guest, my boyfriend, Greg. Hello. <laughs> Hi, yay, welcome. We're so excited to have him on the show. You guys have heard so many stories. As Katie mentioned before the call, we have poop paper story. We have me shitting myself in London oh, story. story. <laughs> that's Greg's favorite, I'm sure. It was a real bonding moment for us. Um, yeah, just so, so many moments of, you really believe that? That's what you believe? Oh, bless oh, I'm, you. So. I'm so excited to get into this and to hear this perspective because I look back at myself believing as a Mormon and I'm like, whoa, that was crazy. But I can't imagine coming from a non-belief perspective, looking at someone like us, like, whoa, that's insane. <laughs> I know. It's, it's trippy. And that's why this topic, I mean, we still talk about stuff. And I mean, on a daily basis, it comes up like somehow some like, I don't know, just even from the beginning, it was evolution, like something that I had never been taught in Greg's mind, you could tell was like about to explode with like, how were you never taught this? Like, how do you not know the basis? So if you listeners haven't figured out what the topic is today, um, by now, basically, we're going to compare how Greg was brought up and raised and his thought process compared to how Katie and I were raised and just the differences and um, different perspectives and especially on atheism because Greg is an atheist and he was brought up that way, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, and for me, that's something that I still get quite confused on, like what exactly is atheism? Um, What does it mean to be raised atheist? Like how does that affect your choices your viewpoint because for me and Katie it was very like we were Mormon so we had a you know tunnel vision it was like everything Mormon related growing up so it's it's crazy to think that it could have someone could grow up in a completely different way of viewing life especially as a kid I'm mostly interested about that and also, he's going to be saying it all in his sexy British accent, so everyone get excited. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I was going to say, growing up Mormon, I don't know if you thought this, Sarah, but I swear, especially in the States, atheist is almost like a bad word. It know? is. It's like, 
even now in 2020, politicians don't say that they're atheists because people won't vote for them. It's like, it's crazy. And I now identify as an atheist, but it took me so long to get to that point because I was so afraid of that word. And so I just love this idea of hearing Greg's view of just that being how you always were I because I love that I I'm like kind of jealous of that I think like I wish that I had had that my whole life but so I'm really excited to see your view on everything yeah I agree and especially like more of what you're saying like atheism in the states is a synonym for bad person like like like, it's it's not it's like you're you're evil like so a religious person will think that but it's also even more than that like even if they're like they think you're a good person, then they find out you're atheist, they'll completely switch to, mm-hmm. like, you must be a bad person. Like, you must be wrong <laughs> like, at the core. Like, you can't have morals without God, which is so Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, heathen. Yeah. Which you call me that yeah. often because I don't put chips in a bowl, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my that's God, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, actually, that's a good point. In the UK, like, how how is that perceived like if you were to say i'm atheist what is uh, what is the reaction um most of the time i don't think it's yeah it's not a bad reaction i mean i've never experienced anyone kind of um judging me as an adult i guess uh, as a kid i kind of got judged a little bit but i wouldn't say it was really judged just kind of confusion from people that were quite mm-hmm. religious but mm-hmm. not so much as an adult but I'm sure there are communities where it's kind of looked down upon. Um, but in general society, it's not really. It's not something that you would be ashamed of. No, no, no. I was curious about the percentage of atheists, like, I guess, self-identifying atheists in the two countries. Like in the U.S., it's only 3% of the population. And in the U.K., it's 39%. Wow. Yeah, I knew it was quite high in the U.K., so, like, I think that would make a big difference if there's many more people that are just open about it and it's not a big deal, you'd, you'd receive less judgment overall. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even, for example, when we went to the States in November, like, I know you asked me, like, can I tell your parents and family that I'm mm. an atheist? And I was like, no, <laughs> maybe, like, just say you're not religious, yeah. but don't say you're atheist because... that word is just so negatively received in the states that people aren't able to separate that you're not religious and atheist like atheism is just like this so negative and like Mm -hmm. you're a horrible person whereas if I just say you're not religious then they're like uh it's not great but at least he's not against god does that you know what I mean I see what you mean yeah that's so unfortunate, too, because atheism just as a word means literally just a lack of belief in a god or gods. And when you I've thought about this before, like if you ask a Christian if they believe in Zeus or Allah or whatever, they'll say no. So if an atheist just goes one god further and just doesn't believe in their god, but they're like, I don't know, for some reason, that's so offensive to them. <laughs> and it, I don't yeah. Know, it's yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, Greg, do you want to tell us about, I guess, growing up, like how that was and what your beliefs were growing up? Yeah. Let's go to the basics. <laughs> okay. How were you raised? Start from there. Yeah, I'll start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like the area, I mean, I guess it's good to get some context. The area of London that I'm from, uh, East London, 
but I think London in general has a lot of kind of different religions and cultures. So it's a very kind of multicultural area. So I grew up in an area where lots of my friends were Muslim, uh, Christian, uh, both Catholics and Protestants, mainly Church of England, um, Hindus and Sikhs as well. Mm. Um, they're the kind of main religions, but then there's also like, you know, lots of people that were other kind of religions as well. Um, yeah, my parents were always, from the beginning, very, um, yeah, kind of said from the beginning they didn't believe in God. So I, at home, that's kind of just how I was taught. But obviously, outside of that, you kind of come across religion as a young child, kind of, you know, seven or eight years old. And I kind of, at that age, I think it's difficult to tell the difference between what's real and what's not. So in my mind, I always thought that like God might be real and one day he will kind of be, you know, I'll find that it was uh, this whole time he was real. Mm. Um, Wait, can I just sidebar real quick and ask? So I'm thinking of like the differences like culturally and Mm -hmm. as a kid with Christmas. I was just going to ask. Yeah, yeah. I'm just because like Katie and I had to do like the nativity scene. And, yeah. Like, it's all about Christ. and. But we did that as well. Oh, so yeah. in your family. I played Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a picture of me somewhere. <laughs> your mom for yeah, that yeah. picture. Oh, um, cute. So we learn all the stories. But what was quite nice, I think, about where I grew up is we also did Diwali, which is like the Hindu kind of yeah. main celebration oh. and Eid as well. So we celebrated all the religious, all the religious holidays, mm. um, all, the, all the main ones in the area. Um, so I don't know, I kind of, I knew there were all these different religions. I didn't kind of grow up thinking there was just one type. Um, but at a young age, I think I did feel like there was, a possibility that God existed, but I was just quite skeptical about it. Um, yeah. I was never a hundred percent convinced. Um, but then I think about the age at the age of about ten or eleven, I kind of decided categorically that no, I was like I don't believe in God at all. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna, okay. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask. Like, actually, that's one of my questions because listeners, I prepared for this. Um, episode which never happens but I made a list of questions um when so was there ever a point when you're a kid that a you either like felt left out from Christian like within Christian friends like maybe you felt like a bit left out because you didn't believe in that or you weren't brought up the same way and b like was there ever a point where you did think that you believed in God like how did that process work out um, or was it always just a blanket you kind of thought, but it was clear you didn't believe? Or was there like Oh, a- yeah, I did believe at some time. I mean, I prayed a couple of times, I remember. Oh, yeah, um, I do remember you telling me this story. Yeah, I mean, the one time that I really questioned it was, I, th- I must have been eight years old, yeah. And my parents and I, um, my parents were planning to move to like somewhere else outside of London. And I had to kind of, I really didn't want to go because I didn't want to leave my friends and everything. And so I had prayed like every day for like a couple of days. Um, and then a few weeks later, my dad had a very serious accident um, that he was in hospital for a long time. And the 
in the end of it, we didn't end up leaving London. And it kind of, after a few months, kind of dawned on me that that, you know, I was like, oh, did I pray for this? Like, is this? Um, And that was one time I kind of really questioned. Yeah, that. Um, But then, yeah, I didn't. It didn't really stick with me. And I was kind of like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't the case. Um, In terms of like, if I ever felt left out. Yes, I guess I did. So when I grew up, when I was growing up, my best friend from like, basically since I was born, he came from a Christian family and they weren't kind of very, very strict Christians. Um, And most of my other friends were Christian or Muslim. Um, And lots of my friends assumed that I was Christian just because I was white. So like lots of my Muslim friends would kind of just refer to me as a Christian. Uh, that's interesting (laughs) and around I remember at the age of like 10 or 11 I remember having to correct them and be like oh I'm not Christian and that blew their mind (laughs) Um, but I never really felt left out I mean you know when you're a kid people like I think I told my friend when I told him I was like I don't believe in God he was like oh you're gonna go to hell (sighs) kind of thing but it was just because you know that's what he gets taught yeah you know Right. And so for me and Sarah, we both gasped because we know the feeling of someone telling us we're going to hell when you believe in hell. But if you don't believe in hell, like if you don't believe in hell, someone telling you that is like, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah kind of yeah. a bit like that. But then there was a bit of fear, you know, there is a kind of, there was a little bit of fear that like, shit, what am I wrong? Um, but yeah, it didn't take me that long to kind of think like, well, I'm not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not wrong. Unless we all die and then it's yeah. like that South Park episode that's like Mormonism <laughs> is actually the, the correct religion. Yeah. God damn it. No. <laughs> um I wanted to ask too, did you ever like talk to your parents about Christianity? Like if, mm-hmm. when you were questioning God and how did they respond? Yeah, I did. So my parents were very good about it. I mean my mom said to me, like, you, you can be whatever religion you want to be. Well, isn't that nice? She was like, you know, you can believe what you want. We're not going to judge you for it. My dad was a bit more, I mean, he would feel exactly the same. And I never got the feeling that he wouldn't be like that. But he's a little bit more outspoken about his feelings of religion than my mum is. Um, So my mum grew up in, her family were religious, but they weren't really practicing. But they would say they, she grew up in Glasgow on the Protestant side of Glasgow. Um, so they had more of like the superstitious Christian upbringing where it's like more <laughs> traditional and like traditions, but not really like. Yeah, I think just more that she was kind of um, people would say they were Christian because they it was just what you did. You know, mm, like yeah. uh, it, Glasgow is a kind of, you know, there's it's one of those cities that's kind of half and half Protestant and Catholic. So it's like. You're either part of the Protestant side or the Catholic side. And it's at the time, especially, there was a bit of a big divide. So it was more about the kind of cultural underpinnings. But I think when she left home, she was like, yeah, I'm done with religion. Mm. Um, was she then, baptized? I'm not sure. Oh, I know my okay. dad was. Your dad was baptized? Mm, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. And again, I think it was just, I mean, he was born in Germany. Um, and I think it was just a kind of a cultural thing more than anything else. Because yeah. I know... His dad, I don't think he was Christian, but I know he converted to Islam 
Um, oh. Yeah, in his like later years. And then my grandma, she's certainly not religious. No, for you guys listening, his grandma's a badass. Like, <laughs> she, you know, walks in protests, is very educated and up to date on all of the news and current events and politics and everything. So I'm just like, I have to brush up anytime I'm around her. Like, oh, right, <laughs> yes. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does yoga, everything. So that's, that's not surprising that she was never religious. Mm. Um, did you, growing up, did you ever encounter Mormons? I did, yeah. Oh, before what did you, you guys. Yeah. Had, <laughs> what what did you think? Um, so, yeah, so when I went to high school, um, at about the age of, I must have been about 14, um, there was one guy in our school who was Mormon. Um, yeah, and I mean, I didn't, you know, what did I think? Um... I just knew he couldn't drink and uh, <laughs> wouldn't have sex before marriage. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't that odd a thing for me because lots of my friends were Muslim and oh, they right. had the same teaching in Islam a lot of the time. Right, uh, yeah. They're strict followers. So for me, it wasn't kind of that odd to encounter someone that believed that. Um, but did you know about like the Mormon doctrine at that point? No, like, he was quite that? guarded about it. Like, oh. I think he wouldn't kind of, because I think if he had told people and it, like, people would kind of get a bit, um, right? Yeah, like critical. Because like, like he's the only one too. He didn't have the cushion of having more Mormons to back him up. You know, you're like the one weird Mormon person. You probably want to keep those the weird parts of the religion to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't know him when he was younger, but all the friends that I had that had that did know him, they said <laughs> that basically he was just like a normal, you know, 14, 15 year old who would like, you know, get some beers on the weekend and go out for a little drink and smoke a bit of weed here and there. And then he went to um, Utah for six weeks one summer and that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which when he told me that, I was like, oh, that's a BFY. Yeah. Oh, we'd, we'd, we'd always joke because he'd go off every year to like summer camp and come yeah. back and he'd have his like top up of Mormonism. <laughs> yeah. He'd come back like more devout than before. I bet he had all the Mormon girls too. Like a British guy going over to Utah <laughs> as a Mormon. I bet every girl was like, um, okay. he's my new boyfriend. Yeah. He was a good looking guy as well. He was really like popular and really nice guy. Um, Oh, funny. <laughs> so he was what they would call, um, oh, Katie, what is it? Whenever you're like Mormon, but you still drink like caffeine or coffee or. Oh, no, he you're, didn't drink any of that. Oh, you're a, a Jack Mormon. Jack Mormon, that's what it's called. Mormon. Okay. Yeah. So he mean, wouldn't drink coffee, but he would drink beer. No, no, he, he, it, was, it was only after he went. I mean, only when he was like 15, and then once he went off to that camp, he came <laughs> back. Camp. Yeah. <laughs> EFY. Or anything after that. Yeah. EFY, I think we've talked about this before, but it's this like intense Mormon doctrine immersion that happens for six weeks where like you sing only church hymns, you like go to church class. Like it's just so much brainwashing mm. and indoctrinated. Like, 
And you have like they have albums like CDs that came out with like EFY music <laughs> on there. Yep. I never went because it was in Utah and we didn't have one in Georgia. Oh, okay. So I wasn't allowed to go because my parents were definitely not going to spend money for me to go to Utah for Mormon mm. camp. <laughs> yeah, because of course it costs money. The Mormon church needs your money for that. Yeah, yeah, it's not free. So. <laughs> um, let me just look at my next question I have here. Um, so at what age did you officially decide you're atheist like when did you realize like I know you said you you questioned things you decided you didn't believe in God but when did you identify as an as an atheist and how did you come to that decision um I don't remember really like how I came to that decision I don't think I was ever you know that convinced that God existed um Mm -hmm. so I was kind of I would never say I was like at all religious I was maybe just on the fence for a few years when I could kind of comprehend what religion was um, mm-hmm. but I would say yeah around the age of 10 or 11. And how would you like how would you sum up or define atheism in one or two sentences or even words? <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, because for me it's still something that like I've googled it I've read it but like there's some areas that I feel are a bit confusing and mm. Yeah, just wanted to. But I think that's what is kind of different between a religion and atheism is atheism isn't like a structure or, you know, a structured organization like a religion is. It's Mm. the lack of a religion. So there is no, you know, one atheist might not identify with another atheist Mm. in the same way that, you know, a Mormon would identify with another Mormon. Right. I think that's really important to point out because I'm kind of with Sarah for a long time. I was like confused and thinking that all atheists thought the same. And then I realized that atheism is literally just the lack of belief. And everyone like atheists can be very different from each other in every other belief in every other way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even like with agnostics, like agnostic is like you say that, you know, you're, I guess, either you don't know or whatever but an atheist is just a lack literally (laughs) the lack of a belief in theism that's all it is (laughs) is okay so if you're agnostic is that the right word how what is the noun for anyway yeah Yeah. agnostic Mm -hmm. okay because you may have like atheism so what is it for as someone who's agnostic anyways i'm not going to try to get into the word form of this But I just remember, I think it was in high school or in college, one of the two where I took a class and I remember them explaining it, the different types of religion. Maybe I had like world religion class in high school or something like that. But I just always remember the analogy they use for someone who's agnostic and that it's like, and this could be totally wrong. It could be like propaganda (laughs) in the U.S. as in like with high school or if I had it at BYU but I remember it was just like their analogy was that it's like God is a clock maker and he like mm. sets the clock and all the bolts and um, wheels and gears and stuff like that and then turns it and then just sets it and leaves it. Like he never comes back and interferes mm. or changes the clock. Like he just sets it up and then leaves. I think that's deism. Yeah, I think that's, oh. I don't think that's, um, 
Because I think um, to be agnostic is just to be unsure and to like to say like, you know, there's possibly a God out there, but I, I haven't any reason to believe it or doubt it. Yeah. Whereas um... is to say like, you know, I categorically believe there is no God. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Well, I was misinformed now that analogy is <laughs> ruined um, forever now. Um, speaking of that, though, too, so, okay, so atheism is to, as you said, like, announce or not, not announce. What is the word I'm thinking of? Renounce. Renounce all religion well, or God or yeah. anything and just say, like, you don't believe that there's a God. Not that you just don't know or don't care or, or different, but you just you're saying you don't believe in a God or God. Um, so then what is your perception on afterlife? Um, I don't believe there is one. <laughs> yeah, I know that. But like what, so say if you like go off on a tangent and start thinking, because mm. I go down this now that I, I'm not Mormon and I'm still figuring out what it is that I believe, don't believe, whatever. Sometimes I get in these like weird pensive moods where I'm like thinking about what happens if I die? Like, yeah. Is it just going to be darkness and that's it? And then I sometimes be like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. And other times I'm like, no, it can't be that. Like, it has to be something else. Well, I don't think it would be darkness because I don't think you'd be conscious. Yeah. So I think it's, I, I always, the way I've always kind of thought of it is you will just be how you were before you were born. So you just don't know. Yeah. Like, you're, as in you have you're no just, memory. You're just, no, you're, you're just nothing. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a bit depressing, but. <laughs> that was the hardest things for me to grapple with too Sarah is like the idea of the afterlife in Mormonism and I guess in many religions is so comforting um yeah. and um, then when you have to realize that that's probably not true especially the way it was fed to you and you have to realize like yeah I guess I there's no way for anyone to know this <laughs> And most likely it's just nothing. It is a bit depressing at first, but to me it's also kind of liberating in a way that I'm actually being honest with myself in that I'm not claiming that there's an afterlife. You know, I'm not being dishonest about it and it helps me live my life that I know exists right now a bit better, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think it also takes off some of the pressure and stress of, I have to be perfect in order to go into this heaven. And if I'm not, I'm condemned to hell or (laughs) maybe not even condemned to hell, but like not going to the highest degree of heaven or I, because I'm a very not, I mean, I'm competitive, but I'm also like a overachiever. So if I know that like, Oh, I could have done more and I didn't. And that now I'm stuck in eternity on just telestial and not, celestial like that would really fuck me over you know but I think now knowing that like once you die you just die there's there's no good bad whatever it's just you die there's nothing else to it but then again I go off on my little tangents (laughs) and I think about but what are those people who like almost die and they say that they're like revived and then they say that they saw things or like I don't know, saw the light. Yeah. What What would you say to that? Well, I, I think lots of it's to do with the fact that the brain is so um, misunderstood and that people don't under, like don't know a lot about the human brain. And I think a lot of things, 
not just in religion, but um, that a kind of unexplained mental phenomena happen. And one of those might be that you kind of have some kind of, you know, flashes or see images when you die or close to death. And people take that as, um, you know, they were close to heaven or whatever. I mean, for example, my dad has died like when he had his accident, he had to be revived three times and he's never said he saw any light. Oh, yeah. that's true. So I didn't think you about hear that. about the people Thank who you. say they saw light, but mm-hmm. there might be a much higher proportion of people that never saw any light, but they just never thought about telling anyone because it doesn't kind of conjure up this idea of religion. Mm-hmm. So Right. That's so true. I, I was thinking like, you know, you're fed in culture, society, and then especially if you're religious, you're fed your whole life, this picture, this image of heaven, I'm doing air quotes. And so when you are having a near-death experience, your brain is losing oxygen and all these other things are happening in your brain that I think it's very possible you can hallucinate or whatever and see these images. And then, yeah, like Greg said, you will tell someone after, whereas someone who didn't have that won't tell. Kind of like with people who say they see like aliens or Bigfoot or whatever. All the rest of us, millions of people who haven't seen that don't say every day oh well I didn't see that today you know (laughs) exactly yeah yeah Yeah. and I I mean that's a good point too and I think those of us who have more of a active imagination I'm doing air quotes at this moment too because I have like very vivid dreams that sometimes when I wake up it's like it it takes me a while to realize that they're not real and so I kind of wonder like if that's the same notion like say for example if I ever did get in an accident and like I'm unconscious like that I could I could completely see myself thinking that that is something more than it is as in I'm mm-hmm. seeing like a heaven or a light just because I'm out of it and I have vivid dreams often that wouldn't make it too far from the truth um or for example like Greg and I we talked about this in the beginning and I'm kind of jumping ahead to my next question but um, one of the things that you've told me that was a big shocker, maybe something to adjust when we first started dating was these like night fears I would have or terrors mm. I would have. And for me, I was just like terrified of these. Like I would wake up and really honestly think I was possessed by a demon or, you know, we've had this conversation where I we watch scary movies and I'm like, but if someone's possessed, like they have so many accounts of this, like, how do you explain that? Like, and you were also going into this whole idea that the brain, like, mm-hmm. it's just so, there's so many parts of it that are just not as research or discovered that we think, but yeah, yeah go more into that. You're the expert-ish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not an expert, but yeah, I think the way that I see it is there's a lot of, you know, religion has been used well, this is my yeah my interpretation of religion is it has been used for a long time to explain things that people found unexplainable in the past mm-hmm. um, and lots of these things are you know disease or um, mental phenomena or you know even things like how earth was created or how the universe was created um, but now I kind of feel like the world is coming to a point where we're getting more and more information from other places, you know, like science and um, these kind of new discoveries happening. And um, I feel like now it's kind of 
chipping away at um, religion and what religion has taught people for so many years. Yeah, really good I agree. I mean, because also when you think about like, you know, I, as a Mormon, I was still obsessed with Greek mythology mm-hmm. and now, and you know, that's, that was during that time where they used that type of religion, the Greek gods and goddesses to explain certain things that were happening during that time, you know, how they understood how things happened it was using religion or these gods or goddesses. So I, I understand like that's more the same that's still happening but I also saw and maybe Katie you even posted this meme I literally don't know what day it is so I can't <laughs> any references but um I saw something that was talking about how it's funny that religions and especially Mormonism will jump to like oh someone's you know practicing a religion that has multiple gods or deities and like how that's paganism and ridiculous and blah, blah, blah. But yet they also practice, you know, a God or believe in, in a sacrament that is literally taking the blood. Like we <laughs> replace wine and water and act as if that's, you know, Christ's blood and the bread is his body. And that that's sacrificial and weird and paganist as it is. You know what I mean? Like it's not too far off. Like the difference is, aren't that dip, like they're not that drastic but it's just presented in a completely different way but they overlap so much that's yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i mean sorry if there are listeners who are religious but i kind of view all religion is quite ridiculous sorry if that sounds harsh but i just think a lot of it is like fantasy and like Greg was saying it's been used for a long time to explain things that at the time maybe couldn't have been explained and then people and generations have held on to those long past when I think they should have when we've developed and realized real actual reasons for things and you know like you said science and education and I think that religion kind of holds that back and holds like for Sarah and I we didn't learn a lot of the things that I wish we would have learned when we were younger and I think that's because of religion and because they especially in like the Christian religion we were uh, raised in they didn't want to acknowledge the science because it contradicts this ancient book that they want to claim is true that for at the time people used to explain some kind of phenomena and now it's just ridiculous honestly so yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the other things I would say is, um, like, I find as an atheist, I've been more happy just to say, you know, there's lots of things that we don't know, and I probably will never know. But I yeah. don't need to um, kind of jump on the first theory that's thrown at me. So a good example is, you know, how was the universe created? Oh, I was just going to get to that question. <laughs> like, I would probably say, like, I'm happy to say I don't know and I probably will never know Um, and it's there's a good chance that people will never know but quite often religious people will say well then it must be God (laughs) because it's the first thing that's been thrown at them or it's the only kind of evidence and air quotes that they've been given Um, because science is still you know I mean it's almost impossible to prove that there's obviously theories but they're not proven um, and it's the only definite answer they have is religion. 
But that's now stepping. I mean, once you've presented that and I'm just like thinking that it's it's madness that I would rather say I believe in creationism instead of evolution. Like it, it, at the time, it was just so much easier to say like, yeah, of course, God created Earth and he like you know, made man by taking a rib and like, or made women from, you know, make, taking a rib from Adam and then making all of the rest of us. And then Noah's Ark, that's how he like prevented <laughs> the world from going under was that all the mammals, their species on earth fit into this ark. And like, I don't know, it's just like madness at the time. That was just such a clear and obvious answer that yeah. there was no other way that it could be science or something that we just don't know. Yeah. Like it had to be that way. And that, that seemed more logical and made more sense. Like, Oh yeah, of course. I mean, just this deity, this God and his son like created earth. Like that's, that's how it happened. Mm -hmm. Then just saying it's a phenomenon that we don't know. Like mm -hmm. we, we aren't sure how the galaxies were created in the earth and everything, but we have some ideas, but it's nothing concrete. Yeah. And I think well, there's this fear of saying, I don't know. You know? Oh, exactly. Well, and with evolution, it's it's funny to me because evolution, we definitely do know. Yeah. Now, and But that is so challenged even now in schools, like to not even talk about and learn the basics of evolution, like not even getting past the point going all the way back to whatever they would you know claim is the big bang or whatever they just won't even teach evolution and it's like what that's just yeah. that's literal fact now like <laughs> what i find i mean with the big bang i can kind of understand why religion has a problem with it but i think with evolution it's quite from my point of view anyway actually it doesn't necessarily contradict religion um and I was actually, my science teacher when I was in high school, that kind of when we were learning about evolution and stuff, he was a practicing Catholic. Mm. He even said, like, when, I can't remember how we found out, but we, can, we had loads of questions for him. Like, how can you teach this if you practice a religion that doesn't believe in it? And he was like, it's not a big step from, like, taking the Bible literally and then also just kind of tweaking it a bit and saying, well, it was kind of metaphorical, but the fact that God could have created this process of evolution is actually even more amazing than what the Bible says he did, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've, I've heard that, but I guess I just, I can't get on board when people still literally think that the earth is 6,000 years old and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> suddenly just appeared in a garden and there was a talking snake, you know, it's like, uh, Adam and Eve weren't real. <laughs> A garden that's located in Missouri. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Located in Missouri. <laughs> oh, it's madness. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's just, it's so bizarre to think just three years ago, that's what I believe. And now it's like, oh, yeah, that, that didn't happen. But, and, and also when you go through the temple, that's the video they show you for two hours is the whole how God and Jehovah um created the earth and adam and eve and so you have to react that stuff so the things that i've shown you those robes and stuff like that it's mm. women that are being eve and the men are adam mm. and so <laughs> it's like all this brainwashing there as well yep <sighs> speaking of okay i feel like this can be the last few points 
Um, but of course, I'm sure people are interested because I think it's the most interesting part. No, I'm just kidding. All of it's been <laughs> interesting. Uh, okay, so what was the weirdest thing about Mormonism that you found out when we first started dating? Wow. Um, <laughs> there's so many. I'm so excited for this. This is, I've been waiting for this question. Uh, <laughs> or, and I think also, just so I know you guys, I'm pretty sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, I'm pretty sure I told you this before we met in person that I used to be Mormon because we chatted for like a week or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, I think. You and I think I was trying to wait until we met in person, but somehow it came up, yeah. and I told you before we met. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that much about it, so I mean, I knew kind of. I just knew that people couldn't, you know, drink caffeine or have sex before marriage and stuff. But I was kind of. I didn't. I. I didn't realize how I'm like it was all centered on the American continent. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, just the whole story was just bizarre. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, you kind of, I think you told me it in bits and each time I was just like, my mouth was open the whole time. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that still happens quite often. Yeah. Anytime we watch something or even watching unorthodox early things, it's just like, Oh, yeah. Oh. I used to be a type of person who believed that kind of stuff, you know? Or when we watched the Book of Mormon musical. That was good, yeah. That, that was yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, what I what shocked me about it, because I never really looked into it, I was surprised at how young a religion it is. Yeah. Um, I had always assumed that it kind of started around the same time as, you know, the first kind of settlements from Europe and uh, the U.S., and it was... Oh. Or even that it actually, I actually wondered if it started in Europe. Um, I hadn't really thought about it too much, but, you know, if I'd had a guess at that time, that's what I would have thought. Um, so, yeah, I was quite surprised that it's, what, it's not even 200 years old. No. Um, which is very young yeah. for religion, yeah. Yeah. Um, Once, you, this is another question, too, that I think some people might be interested in. How, actually, I know because we've received this question a lot, but how was it when we first, even not even just first started dating, but until now, how has it been dating someone who grew up in such a intense religion when you grew up atheist? Like, were there things that you had to obviously wrap your head around, but also, like, I don't know how to explain it, but to adjust once being in the relationship? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, there was like, um, yeah, I mean, there's a few times where I could tell that you were getting anxious because obviously your old Mormon thoughts were like Mm. coming back, um, especially with like, yeah, I guess just stuff to do with possession and things like Mm. that. Um, and I could also just tell when you were in your head about feeling guilty about things or like uh, sex, is that what you're trying (laughs) to I know, I was like, is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think, but I mean, I kind of uh, was getting a little bit frustrated with it, but then I kind of realized I just need to be patient. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, you know, I kind of, I don't feel like it's like that at all now. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it too in the beginning we had this conversation a few times too because 
you were used to being in a relationship that was more like open and if something was wrong you just like you guys would talk about it whatever your past experiences were and for me being in the Mormon church like you basically the women are taught that like you need to deal with your own shit and Uh like men are the priesthood holders like they are responsible for certain things but you don't need to bother them or like go into detail about how you're feeling or what's going on and so my only experience was like guys don't want to know that and as soon as they know it it's like oh whoa you're too much next like I'm gonna go to the next Molly Mormon who bakes the best cookies and whatever because I don't want to deal with this so a lot of in the beginning I just didn't communicate with you I'd always be like oh yeah it's fine it's fine and I know that was frustrating as well because you're like well you're just not telling me yeah what's going on and I'd be like oh that's fine I just but in my head I'm like I'm possessed with demons and like I'm going to hell but I'm like no it's fine Greg it's fine um yeah Uh, I think Greg you've been like very helpful in Sarah's progression in dealing with uh, those anxieties I mean I guess I can't speak for Sarah but just from what I've witnessed and watched I feel like you know even over these past two years of doing this podcast even I feel like you've you seem less like fearful and anxious about certain aspects of leaving Mormonism yeah for sure I think that being with Greg because it's been next month will be two years since we've met Uh which is insane um so you've been a part of like the whole journey basically like I met you a year into me leaving in my crazy year that (laughs) and I didn't realize that you (laughs) were still going through it (laughs) which was a big miscommunication in the first part of our relationship um yeah but I think through this whole thing like I Greg's definitely been like the rock and the anchor that's helped like keep me grounded and especially when I would have these massive panic attacks or anxiety attacks like he was always the person who would calm me down and like make sure I knew I wasn't going to hell and was like super patient and not like just get over it like you know it's not true like that was never the situation it was very empathetic and understanding and nothing that I experienced before so I'm lucky to have a partner even though you're atheist I'm lucky to have you (laughs) that's lovely I think that's gonna resonate with a lot of our listeners we get a lot of messages actually asking like how people navigate relationships when leaving you know and stuff like that so I think this will really be helpful for a lot of people so yeah yeah, the patience and all that yeah Definitely. And before Greg, again, like I even questioned that I was like, I don't think I can ever end up with someone who isn't an ex-Mormon because I just don't think anyone's going to have the patience to to stick with me and to like go through all the stuff and be empathetic. And uh, yeah, so definitely, again, lucked out with this this hot bread of mine <laughs> over here um, because yeah, ever every other situation I had was just like, oh, they just don't get it. And they didn't care to get it. It was just more of an inconvenience. And I think a lot of listeners we have who have commented either they're with someone who's ex-Mormon and they're a bit like, how do I navigate? How do I how do I show my support and love? I think the biggest thing is being patient and understanding. Uh-huh. Um, but also we've had listeners write in who have left the church and they're like, OK, now what? either I'm a virgin and I don't know what to do which been there done that or I'm trying to date and it's hard to date someone who doesn't understand what I'm going through do we have to date just the next Mormon and to that I would say no (laughs) atheisms are the way to atheists are the way to go so agreed 
Agree. I know. <laughs> I just hope no one in my family ever listens. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny because, like I told you, I I identify as an atheist. Like, if someone asked me, that's what I would say. But I would still have pause saying that to my family, which I hate. I wish I could just be like, yeah. I don't believe in God, but it's like just this weird stigma still that I'm still this much later after leaving Mormonism, I'm still working on, but hopefully I'll get there. At some I point. know. And, and for me, it's not even, yeah, of course I worry that they'll judge me, but it's, it's more of, I, I stress about my mom finding out because I know she'll worry so much and mm-hmm. I just don't want to cause her like worry and stress because it's not that like, I mean, she fucking loves Greg and the fact that like we are moving in together and like without being married, my mom is just like, Oh, that's great. I hope you put the baby <laughs> in you type thing. Like God. <laughs> care at all that we're not married. But if I were to be like, Oh mom, I'm atheist. Then she would really worry <laughs> and like stress and be like, Oh, she's going to hell. Like, so for me, yeah, it's just more of that. Like, Oh, I just don't want people to worry and stress about my well being, even though we think it's ridiculous. Like I know <laughs> that as a Southern Mormon woman, she uh, will be like worried about my state of being. Sarah, what do you think would be worse if you said you were atheist or Satanist? Oh, I socialist. Yeah, <laughs> socialist as well would be really bad. <laughs> or a Democrat. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Satanist because I think my my parents again. I didn't even know what that term meant until like two years ago. Like oh. what it actually means. And so I think they would just be like, oh, my God, not only does she not believe in God, but she worships Satan. <laughs> she eats babies. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What about you and your family? What do you think they would? I honestly don't know. Probably the same, just because I don't think they really understand what Satanism is. <laughs> so they probably would just think it's something to do with being like murderers. And I, I have no idea. I really don't know. But It'd be, uh, (laughs) it's funny that they are just such like trigger scary words when they're not scary at all. It's so funny that like, yeah, atheism or being an atheist is such a issue in the US. I didn't realize that. It's a huge issue. I mean, I knew, but I thought it was more just among, I didn't realize it was so like widespread. I thought it Mm. was more just among like very, very um, strict religious people. It's kind of seen as negative. No. No, no. Yeah, no, it's pretty widespread, but hopefully, I don't know, hopefully sometime that changes. There are some pretty amazing, like, atheist, you know, speakers and activists and things like that. But as of right now, not too many out in the public. (laughs) But we do, uh, Kitty made a good mention, like, the other day, this is kind of on topic, but um, the New Zealand is a prime minister. Is she prime yeah. minister? She's ex-Mormon, which is also great. Like, really? I'm like, oh, I don't know if she's atheist now, but like the <laughs> fact that like, you know, she's ex-Mormon and it's well known that she's ex-Mormon and she's in this high position and she's like notoriously doing well. Like people mm. are constantly um, commenting on how well she's doing. So that's good for us. Like, Maybe the stigma of being an ex-Mormon equals you're bitter and hateful and are going to hell will slowly dissipate. (laughs) I do have someone, uh, a senator here in Arizona, her name's Kirsten Sinema, and she's an ex-Mormon and she's atheist and she's bisexual. 
And it's like an <laughs> up three. Check off. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. She's amazing. And I'm surprised that she's the senator, but I love her. So that is someone. <laughs> Yay. All right, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up. It's been fun. Um, thanks, Greg, for joining us today. Yeah, Greg, thank you so much. That was lovely. Thank you for telling your story on our show. I'm sure we're going to get lots of comments about how soothing and nice your voice is <laughs> and recommendations and requests for you to come back. So we'll have to think of another episode mm-hmm. for you to join. Also, Greg's a historian, so I feel like we should have him on some history episodes. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. All right. Well, everyone have a good week and we'll be back next week. So talk to you later. Have a good week.